on the block on demand. Without Jerry McNamara, we wouldn't have won 10 f- games this year. Okay? Not 10. Two seconds and one. It's 10 wins in a row for the Crunch. It's the biggest upset in the Carrier Dome in more than 30 years as the Orange hold off the defending national champions. They beat Clemson. The Bills make me want to shout. McCoy in the backfield takes the handoff, runs up the middle, breaks a tackle. He's inside the 10, cuts to the left, into the end zone. Buffalo wins. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Somebody in Vegas told them they were going to win by 20. They'll look at the positive side of things once in a while instead of the negative all the time. This is On the Block. Here's X-Men. ESPN Radio, 100.1, ESPN Radio, Rome. what's happening, Mohawk Valley? Great to have you along for the ride here today. Perhaps you're listening uh, wherever you are on the ESPN app. You're heading out to do things now that the much-needed rain in central New York has cleared. you got your golf league, you got to take your kids to Little League, you're heading up to camp, you're driving somewhere, you're, you're out, you're about, you're doing things in the summertime, and that's a beautiful thing. And you can take us with you while you do these things via the ESPN app. What you do is you download the ESPN app, you find the Listen tab right there on the app. It's very easy to find there on the front page. You find ESPN Syracuse or ESPN Utica Rome if you prefer, and there you go. You're listening to us doing whatever it is you're doing, baby, except in the bathroom. That's that's kind of gross. Here's how you get in touch with the show today. We'd love to hear all the hot takes that you have. That's hot. 437-7644. Get hit me on Twitter, Brent Axe Media, Brent Axe Media. You can also uh, hit the On the Block text line, 288-0644. All great ways to get in touch with the show. We would love to hear from you either way. We've got two guests joining us today, our MLB insider, man of many talents, man of many, uh, how can we, an expert in many fields. Seth Everett is going to join us here to discuss the Major League Baseball All-Star Game, what's going to happen with Manny Machado. It appears a trade is in place, though um, I don't think they want that out before the All-Star Game. It is almost certain that tonight will be the last time you see Manny Machado in a Baltimore Orioles uniform. I think we knew that, but it appears there is a deal in place. But are they kind of holding back here? And I think that would be fair to do. Now, some reporters get the information, they report it because that's their job. But I think there's some holding back here, and I think that's proper. I think that's fair. I think you give Machado one last swan song in an Orioles uniform before the business at hand takes place and he goes to either the Dodgers or the Phillies or the Brewers or wherever it is he's going, and it appears he's going to make the jump from the American League to the National League. But we'll talk to Seth about that, what the Mets should do with Jacob deGrom and kind of all those midseason storylines in baseball. So Seth Everett on that and much more. Maybe we'll get an Ant-Man and the Wasp review from him. He's big on the Marvel movies and 
All kinds of fun stuff. So we'll talk to Seth about that. Hot takes as usual. Kevin Belby is going to come back on the show today. We had Coach Ryan Blackwell from Bayheim's Army live from practice yesterday. We'll get Coach, or pardon me, General Manager Kevin Belby from Bayheim's Army today. Big signing today, as Ryan Blackwell told us on the air as it was happening that they were signing Orenze Onowaku to the team. Now, he probably won't join them until I don't know if AO is going to make it here to Syracuse this week to practice with Bayheim's Army, but he will be there in Brooklyn as things get underway this weekend. So we'll talk to Kevin Belby about how things are progressing at practice, where you can meet Bayheim's Army this week and get an autograph and say hello and wish him luck and all that fun stuff. Kevin Belby will join us top of the 5 o'clock hour. I found a surprising ranking for Syracuse football that we want to get into. As you know, summer's just killing time till football season. This is day two for me. In a week, I'm usually not here. I have taken this week off, I think, pretty much every week for the better part of a decade, and it's weird to be here this week, but it's also kind of cool because I'm getting to discuss some things that I don't usually discuss on the radio. They're just thoughts that, you know, I'm sitting by myself reading a book somewhere, you know, by a lake on vacation, and I'm, like, telling, you know, the loons that are swimming by, hey, what do you think about that Machado trade? And they really don't have a lot to say about that, so... Uh, just again, uh, programming reminder, I am here this week. I'm usually not. Longtime listeners of the show know that uh, Brent's usually gone on All-Star Week, so what the hell is he doing here? <laughs> I think you enjoy the break from me during All-Star Week. Yes, yeah, so we apologize for that. But I will not be here next week or the week after that. So there you go. There's your prize. I'll be gone two weeks after this one. I want to start with Home Run Derby. I want to start with Home Run Derby for a couple of reasons. But before we get into that, let's listen here. This is Boog Shambi, who, quite frankly, should be the voice of Sunday Night Football. Or baseball. I'm a, can I have a do-over on that? I'm sure Boog would do great on Sunday Night Football as well. But, look, that booth, I understand it. Matt Viscursion is a terrific play-by-play broadcaster, once briefly, the voice of the Syracuse Chiefs, by the way. And I get the A-Rod star appeal, although... It really does nothing. It's not upping ratings. A-Rod is a star in the mind of ESPN when he was the pariah of baseball two years ago. I think Jessica Mendoza is great. I would keep her in that booth one way or the other. But the person who should be the television star who has earned their stripes and would be doing an amazing job, in my humble opinion, and this is kind of broadcaster inside baseball here, quite literally, Boog Shambi. All right, he should be that guy. That being said, Boog does a lot of national games. Baseball fans know who he is. He's got a pretty sweet gig, including on the call last night for home run derby. Harper drives one towards right center, and that'll go. The next offering that is tattooed out there, and that'll go. He's got 11, 39 seconds to go. Deep to right field, and number 12 to center field, and 13. Make it 14 to right field. They're coming fast and furious. On its way, 15. Liner to right, 16. On its way again, 17. And now a fly ball to center field. Harper, deep, right field, at the buzzer. We are tied. Yes. And he is pumped up. That was just tremendous. 
And that was a tremendous call from Boog Shambi on ESPN Radio, as you heard last night right here on ESPN Radio Syracuse. So a few thoughts here, including I'm going to share with you the unique view I had of this, the unique experience I had of watching Home Run Derby last night. First, though, do you know how insane that is? I don't care that it's his dad tossing him meatballs. And Ron Harper was starting to lose some steam. You could see he was throwing some unintended sliders there, okay? All he's doing is tossing meatballs down the middle for Bryce Harper to hit out of Nationals Park. And it was looking dicey for a while there because everything was not straight down the middle. But he rallied, and certainly Bryce Harper rallied, and that's seven home runs in 40 seconds. And again, I don't care that that's his dad tossing him meatballs. There is a very short list of human beings on this planet that can do that because it's one thing to hit them out of the park. It's quite another to almost hit them out of the stadium entirely in the places that Bryce Harper was hitting them. Now, Bryce Harper is struggling at the plate this year like he has never struggled before. Bryce Harper is still going to sign the biggest offseason contract baseball's ever seen coming up after this year when he is a free agent and we, we shall see where he goes. People speculate about the Yankees and the usual teams that come up, but we'll see what the situation is. So let's just appreciate that. And I said on this show yesterday, which is kind of my second point here, that I know it's not really a hot take per se. That's hot. I know that in in this chair, I'm supposed to sway you one way or the other. I'm supposed to tell you why something is so bad and needs to be fixed or is so right. How dare you question it? You know what home run derby is? It's fine. It's fine the way it is. And last night proved it again because home run derby always delivers. And again, it, how could it not? You got guys getting meatballs tossed to them from their pitching coaches, from their fathers, from people that aren't exactly, it's not exactly Max Scherzer up there throwing his best stuff. But again, it's fine. There is a larger debate here in baseball about how dependent it has become on the home run with the strikeout on the other end of the spectrum and nothing in between. The lack of balls in play, you know, three minutes and 47 seconds average between balls in play and baseball, that is an issue, that is a problem. It's certainly something I'll bring up with Seth Everett coming up here in a few minutes. But it is the most celebrated play in baseball for a reason. People jammed that stadium last night, and Home Run Derby will probably have higher ratings than the All-Star game itself because of what we saw and what we saw Aaron Judge do last year, what we saw Josh Hamilton do once upon a time, what we saw, and I know... uh, the result uh, or the reason for this result, but once upon a time, Mark McGuire hitting balls out of Fenway Park and hitting parked cars outside. People are captivated by a human being's ability to hit a baseball a long way. They always have been and always will be as long as baseball is in the national conscious in some way. But what Bryce Harper did last night is insane, and I think you know that and I know that watching. Now, let me give you the perspective I had of this. So yesterday, during most of the day, I was at NBT Bank Stadium working on a kind of all-access behind-the-scenes video with Syracuse Chiefs manager Randy Knorr. Plug, you'll see that soon on Syracuse.com, and I think you'll enjoy seeing kind of a look behind the curtain. What does a manager do during the day to prepare and the conversations he has and the people that pop into his office and what he says in the dugout and on the field and during BP, and, you know, I I think you're going to enjoy that. 
So I got the perspective of sitting in the manager's office to watch home run derby with the pitching coach for the Syracuse Chiefs, which with the hitting coach of the Syracuse Chiefs, Brian Daubach, of course, former major leaguer. A lot of Red Sox fans certainly remember Brian Daubach. Not only are we sitting there in awe watching this, these are baseball people that have been in baseball their entire lives. Now, they are biased in the sense that that's Bryce Harper. He's in the Nationals organization. These are people in the Nationals organization. But they can give a better perspective on this, and a more appreciative perspective, yes, but they know him. And even they are looking at each other. And I believe we were rolling during this. I hope we were rolling during this. I hope we have video of it because it was amazing to see the looks on their faces. I forgot to ask my camera, like, were you rolling on that? Because, boy, they were. But these are seasoned people that have been in baseball a long time. And they sat there watching that like it is the first time they've seen a human being hit a home run. So not only am I watching seasoned people in baseball that have seen a lot and done a lot, watching in awe what Bryce Harper's doing in that run there. Seven home runs in 40 seconds, ties it up, then wins the home run derby in front of his home crowd, which probably the last year this is going to be his home crowd. But what a moment to go off on, you know, short of the Nationals, of course, making a playoff run, which would be better. Especially on the heels of the Caps winning the Stanley Cup, if the Nationals can finally live up expectation and make a deep playoff run, how great would that be? Although, you know, that team's hovering around 500 at the All-Star break, so they've got some work to do to come back in their own division, overtake the Braves, and be where they're supposed to be. Not only am I watching these four people in this room, the clubhouse is going bananas. And shame on me, I I had my phone sitting right there. I should have turned on the record button so you could hear the clubhouse. So you'll just have to rely on me describing it And what I can describe is euphoria. What I can describe is baseball players genuinely happy for a number of them who have played with Bryce Harper, if not look up to Bryce Harper. I mean, he's the name in the Nationals organization and is one of the best players in baseball. Duh. One of the more talented players in baseball. And in the eyes of many, the face of the sport. I mean, Mike Trout's the best player in baseball, but Mike Trout is... Even in L.A., still kind of, you know, if Mike Trout was put up on a billboard and did not have an identifying logo of the team he plays for, a lot of people are like, who's that? Baseball has some work to do to truly identify its biggest star. Think about that. Who's the biggest star in football? It's Tom Brady. You know his face. He passes the mom test. Who's the biggest star in basketball? Duh, it's LeBron James. He passes the mom test. I think even the biggest star in hockey would pass the mom test. I think my mom would know who Sidney Crosby or Alex Ovechkin is. My mother would have no clue who Mike Trout is. I think she knows who Bryce Harper is because he's got the, you know, the hair and he's kind of got that attitude. And We saw it in full display last night. So to be in that manager's office and to hear that clubhouse, just pure joy. And, and, and the Chiefs lost last night. It was a back-and-forth game. It was a slugfest game. It was an entertaining game. There was a 30-minute rain delay, unfortunately. But I enjoyed myself at the ballpark last night. It was a great game, even though they lost. And, you know, the Chiefs' season's kind of sliding away from them again. But they have had to send up an insane amount of people to the Washington Nationals this year. They've already surpassed the number of people they sent up all of last season. 
because of the injuries and just a number of things. But I was really struck by that. It was genuine, too. It was an organic, genuine moment. Yes, there's a reporter with a cameraman in the room, but you can't fake that. You can't hide that. These are people. Randy Norris has been around baseball a long time. He's managed at the in the big league level, at the AAA level. He's played Major League Baseball. He's played AAA Baseball. I mentioned Brian Daubach. And everybody there has been in professional baseball at the highest level. And they're all watching this in awe. And I watched in awe. And it just circles back to something I think we all know, and that is home run derby's fine. Do we get these special moments every year? No, we don't. But we get enough of them to keep coming back. 437-7644, Brent Axe Media on Twitter. The text line's 288-0644. So we will continue to discuss that. Baseball at the All-Star break, of course. We'll get Kevin Belby on later. We'll talk some SU football. We'll get into the All-Star game itself a little bit more. But I want to keep our midseason baseball talk going here with Seth Everett. Not only our baseball insider, Jack of all trades, will join us coming up. You're on the block. ESPN Radio. Hang in there. Back after this. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. You know, there's days the 80s bump hits a home run. And then there's days the 80s bump has the guy throwing the meatballs at you who points you square in the groin. Guess which one this represents. Hit me with that fancy open. Let's do this. We've got a hot one for you. Oh, you're hot. Why, thank you. So are you. And I'm not afraid to cry. So hot. So hot. Man, it's hot. How hot is it? It's so hot, I poured McDonald's coffee in my lap to cool off. <laughs> it's time for Hot Takes on the block. Yes, it is, and thanks to Seth Ever for joining us again. Pardon the technical difficulties and the sirens and all sorts of things happening. Dogs and cats living together in D.C. And uh, all guests join us via the pick and pull of Auburn Auto Parts and Recycling Center Hotline. Now, we asked Seth a bit about this during our conversation with him, but... Just to add to it, it appears Manny Machado has been traded. According to USA Today's Bob Nightingale, I saw a buster only of ESPN and others start to report this. The Orioles have a deal in place to send Manny Machado to the Dodgers. Now, the deal will not be official until tomorrow. It appears both sides have kind of said, we've made the deal, it's done, it's during the All-Star break, but they're going to give Machado one last night in an Orioles uniform tonight which is the right way to do it. This is the right way to do things. You give them one last shot in an Orioles uniform. I think Orioles fans have been kind of counting those days anyway, so if they saw him at Camden Yards this season before this, they were kind of saying, well, this could be it, especially in the last week or so when these trade talks have really accelerated. This is a great platform to put him out there. He's going to go over the National League. He's going to join a great team that has been right there in terms of trying to win the World Series, so he gets an opportunity to do that. Manny Machado is one of the best young players in baseball. and it's What's interesting to me is now he's going to L.A. with the Dodgers. The best player in baseball is in Los Angeles. Now, it's Anaheim, and it's not the Dodgers, but it is amazing to me that we have discussed LeBron James going to L.A. and all that that brings to him. And LeBron is already ahead of the game there in terms of making movies and entertainment and, you know, 
capitalizing on the L.A. thing. The, the fact of the matter is Mike Trout's the best player in baseball. He is in that market, has every opportunity to do a lot of those things that all these other stars do, and still doesn't pass the mom test. He's still not a mainstream star and is not what he should be. I mean, it used to be if you were the best baseball player in this country, you were like one of the most recognized faces in this country and in the world. And I'm not sure Mike Trout would crack a top 20 list of the most recognizable faces of professional athletes in the world. And I'm serious about that. Given where soccer stars have gone, where NBA players are today, even like throw a Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, football stars in there, I don't think Trout cracks the list. And I'm just talking about mom test. Everyday people, who, who are these people? They don't know who Mike Trout is. Now, Manny Machado is right up there amongst the list of the best young players in baseball. He's now going to Los Angeles, again, if this report is true and it doesn't become official till tomorrow, but a number of reporters are starting to say it's the Dodgers that have gotten Machado. What will the L.A. market do for a player like Manny Machado? If he goes there, he's productive, he helps the Dodgers get close again as a contender, starts to get some endorsements, starts to get some L.A. media attention. Because they love stars, they love to jump on bandwagons, and if he puts a little jolt into the Dodgers that they need, I'm not saying Manny Machado is going to be bigger than Mike Trout. What I'm saying is they're in the same darn city, and he might just overwhelm them. And, and he's like, that's hot. Trout's right there. He's right there. Yet he's almost anonymous in a lot of ways. So I know we've talked a lot about T.O. recently in hot takes and I think it's unfortunate what's happened on both sides. I think it's more unfortunate that the Pro Football Hall of Fame has chosen to be just as petty as he has in this whole thing and won't even basically acknowledge his existence at the Hall of Fame ceremony. I think you got to be bigger than that. I think you got to mention him. You don't have to spend a lot of time on him because he's not there. But to just basically say he's not here, he doesn't exist, I mean, I, that's almost as petty as not going. Let me stress the word almost because it's petty, ridiculous, and every other word I can think of The T.O.'s not showing up the Hall of Fame induction, it's his choice, certainly, but I can criticize that choice. Now, here's something that intrigues me. T.O.'s looking to play professional football again. He'd like to play in the NFL, but realizes that's pretty unrealistic. So the CFL has become the next best option. According to his agent, who's Canadian-based, by the way, T.O. said he is, quote, 100% wanting to play football at the pro level again. T.O. recently posted a video to social media where he ran a 4.45 40-yard dash. Now, I'm going to say this, and again, I will partially throw up in my mouth as I do it because I'll be somewhat complimenting T.O. I think he can still play. T.O. is in amazing shape. I think he's one of the best athletes in the Canadian Football League if he walks on the field tomorrow. And I think the Canadian Football League is smart here. They have a passionate base in Canada. It is a summer thing to do. It spills into the fall when the NFL comes back. But CFL's got a good solid two months where they kind of rule the football roost until training camps come back and all that stuff. But, you know, signing Johnny Manziel is smart. Signing recognizable American football players when it, you can because the rules are pretty strict about how the CFL can sign former NFL players. It's not just a dumping ground for NFL players. There's, you know, citizenship things, and, you know, the rules are complicated to, to get into it, but obviously it can happen. 
They're smart to when they can bring in these players, bring in recognition, give ESPN a reason to show you more CFL football. Now we're talking, look, Johnny Manziel's intriguing, but I think we all know to an extent Johnny Manziel's still young and can play the game, and he's at the most important and sexiest position in football, the quarterback. I want to see if T.O. can still do this. I am intrigued by this because he is in amazing shape, not to mention how often do people go into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and again, it's not the NFL Hall of Fame. It's the Pro Football Hall of Fame. It's essentially the NFL Hall of Fame. We're talking about semantics here, but who goes into the Pro Football Hall of Fame and is still playing pro football? It doesn't happen. Even the first ballot guys that get in after five years out, and that should have been T.O., they don't play football somewhere else. Once they're done, they're done. This isn't baseball where you can be in a Hall of Fame and still play in like an independent league somewhere. Rafael Palmero, Julio Franco, you know, 87-year-old men still playing professional baseball. So, albeit for me to compliment T.O., but I say good for him. That's hot. I say I'll watch it. I'll say go for it. CFL football is kind of weird. They're moving before the ball is snapped, and they got the huge end zones. But I'll watch that. I will. You've got five minutes of my attention to see if T.O. can still play football. We haven't seen this in baseball in a long time, and I'd like to see it. And that is the player manager. Cardinals catcher Yadier Molina is open to being named the player manager with the Cardinals. Now, this wouldn't be to the last year of his contract, which is in 2020. But he is open to it saying, quote, for any player, that would be a dream to be considered for such a role. I'm not shutting the door on anything. I'm very open. Of course, maybe I'd like to spend some time with my family first. But if given such an opportunity, obviously I would accept it. I hope he accepts it because that would be fantastic. We have not seen the true player manager in a long time. And I think we got to the point where we said, well, it just can't happen anymore. You're not going to see the Pete Roses of the world anymore, player managers. And baseball is the one sport where it truly can happen. I think you could pull it off in hockey. I think you could pull it off not so much in basketball, maybe. I mean, Luke Walton started coaching at a time when he stopped playing. Steve Kerr got into coaching, you know, kind of off the tail end of when he played. So player coaches are certainly possible in other sports, but there's the player manager in baseball has always been intriguing to me. And to see it again in 2020 or in the next couple of years, I really want to see that happen. But look, Aaron Boone just stopped playing recently, was in the booth for a few years. He's managing. Alex Cora, the manager of the Boston Red Sox, could probably still play. He probably could be a, I mean, he's kind of on the older side, right? But when you say uh, you can't do player manager, the managers just stopped playing. A lot of the managers in baseball are within a reasonable distance of now you've got older guys, of course, that are kind of the lifers in baseball, haven't, you know, put on any piece of equipment, haven't played the game essentially in about ten or fifteen years. But you have a growing number of younger managers at, at the highest levels, too, of the sport. The Yankees and Red Sox have guys that you remember playing and remember playing like five minutes ago. So The concept of a player manager is not only not that crazy, I kind of want to see it. And I think Yadier Molina, pardon me, is as great a candidate for this as any. And here's the thing. It's it's usually catchers. Pete Rose is an exception there. But 
catchers make the best managers. Just the way they see the game, handling pitchers, knowing the ins and outs of all the aspects of the game. You've got the best view of the game. There's something about, and it's not all catchers, of course, but there's something about a catcher becoming a manager. That's the natural position to go with. Aaron Boone wasn't a catcher, of course, Cora, some of these other guys. But it's one of those things, like, don't put that idea in my head and then not do it. Like, I need to see this now. It's like we were talking about this last week with Phil Mickelson, Tiger Woods, and the $10 million match. Like, don't tease me with that and then not do it. Like, I need to see this now. When we were talking about McGregor and Mayweather, as dopey and as out of sight as an idea as that was at one time, from the minute it got put in my head, I said, not only will this happen, it needs to happen. And it did. This is the next thing that's on my list of don't tease me with this because this would be cool. And I think we will see it happen. In a great baseball town like St. Louis, who, by the way, just fired their manager, as we know, and did it like at midnight. They did it Lane Kiffin style. I got a press release that the manager of the St. Louis Cardinals had been fired at like 1230 at night. That's what you call a news dump right there. We'll break on that note. We will come back with more, including Bayheim's Army. They got a huge addition yesterday. This guy has been very high on the wish list of Kevin Belby, the general manager of Bayheim's Army. He will tell us how he got him, who it is, and how things are looking so far with the squad coming up. Stay right there. Thank you. Bye-bye.